who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can everyone welcome to the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas with me is eric sanchez how's it going eric oh it's going great yeah I feel a little congested oh, uh, good. i thought my i thought allergies <laughs> i thought allergies were over but i was blowing my nose all day today yeah well it's gonna be hot as hell this weekend so maybe that'll help get rid of whatever's left in the world there okay with allergy good. wise Burn this week we are going to do a show that doesn't really fall into our realm of nostalgia, but the show itself is all about nostalgia. We're talking ECW One Night Stand 2005, the very first ECW One Night Stand, the, the reincarnation. It was originally supposed to be a one-night reunion of ECW, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a lot about it, whether we were watching at the time, thoughts. I have a lot of things that stood out to me while watching this, particularly the nostalgist style, which is pretty much what our show is all about. Yeah. Yeah. If this is your first time listening, maybe you someone shared our show with you, which we really appreciate that. You'd find all of our past shows for free on all your favorite podcast apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Just search Positively Processing Podcast to subscribe, and all the shows will be there for you. And every week or every two weeks, whenever we do a show, it will be in your feed. You can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast for show information, for interaction, for wrestling junk and every all the other fun stuff and you can follow the instagram account at ppw underscore podcast which is really just i think they call it like shit posting which is just pictures of random yeah. res- <laughs> random wrestling stuff i have without context so go mm. check us out on instagram at ppw underscore podcast so eric how's it going it's been a couple weeks since the last show we've seen each other though how's it going uh, it's going really good okay. just kind of looking forward to getting this done um yeah, going back and watching it, I didn't like it when I first watched it because I got it on DVD, but it brought back a lot of like good feels for me. So, all right, well, I'm we'll, excited. We will talk about it. Anything wrestling wise? Anything you've been keep keeping your eye on? Any stuff you've purchased? Any junk? Anything you've you've looked at? Um, not really. I mean, there's some elites and stuff I'm looking at, but I'm not going to pay forty to fifty bucks for them. Sure, just like older stuff. But I did buy, and I asked you if you wanted to go. You said. You may or may not know, but uh, Mick Foley is going to be in our kind of in our area, yeah. about a half hour away, and I wanted to get tickets because I still have this uh, um, turnbuckle pad with the WWF logo. I think you said Ring Skirts gave mm-hmm. that to us, mm-hmm. and I just always envisioned 
uh, Mick Foley signing all four sides because I'm, I'm not going to meet Stone Cold or Bret Hart or any other of the big stars. But the WWF scratch logo is significant yeah. for me because I mean that's kind of uh, Mick Foley's world. Sure. So I'd get Mick Foley in a certain color, uh, Dude Love, Mankind, and Cactus Jack, and it just fits perfect because I got four corners on it. So yeah, I will help you. You're going you're to need a fabric paint pen okay specific for dark surfaces so i found that out hashtag take notes yes i will help you out with that because you use regular paint pen yeah it's not going to pop or or the color won't stand out the way you want it to so michael sells in the craft store just you pick up a fabric paint pen and you want to make sure it's for uh, uh, dark surfaces so just find an old black old black t-shirt or something to test it on but that's the way to do it so. Maybe I'll bring a black T-shirt in there and test it. In the Maybe, hey, Mick, how about you, before you sign this, can you do this? What is that again? Coming no, no, I'm going to bring it into the Michael store and test, uh, test the pens there. Okay. When is the uh, show, the Mick Foley show? It's September 19th. Oh, so there's so, plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of, of time. things to happen between now and then. Yeah. The other big news for around here is All Out's officially coming back to the Chicagoland area. And mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend, so I'm going to keep an eye on that for tickets. I'm sure I think I'll go. I think I'll try to go. And they're not doing a Starcast this year, but I've noticed there's been a ton of like indie promotions and other things. People are kind of tagging on to it. I know uh, Game Changer Wrestling is doing a show. I'm sure Warrior Wrestling will do a show. Just all these local promotions are going to start doing shows yeah, around here cool. that weekend too. I'm mm-hmm. sure that'll happen. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm, I keep kicking around the idea of selling them some things because. Prices are just insane right now, and I know a lot of people are kind of theorizing, Jeff from Fully Posable especially, are that as the world's opening up more and vaccines are out and cases go down and pandemic, fingers crossed, kind of fades out to black here, all these collections are going to go down in value a little bit because everyone's just buying stuff at home and yeah. just bored. So I'm thinking, like, should I just sell now <laughs> high? But not everything, but stuff like I don't have a lot of, you know, sentimentality to. Like some of these wrestling right. buddies, I have the first set of all four, but do I need them? Do I want them? They I, are I think, awesome. I, th- I think you'd want to keep Hogan. You're, you're a Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the deal. I'm definitely keeping Hogan because actually this was my daughter's first birthday. Mm-hmm. One of my friends got her a Hogan wrestling buddy. She found at a secondhand store and cleaned him up. So he's definitely oh, well, then, staying. Yeah. You got to keep him. But Warrior, Macho King, DiBiase... Like, mm, I don't know, but they're cool. That's the thing. They're just so cool to have. And They are. I don't Take know. a picture of it, and then if you get nostalgic, just look at it. Just look at the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you doing with them? Right now, they're. I mean, they're on display. They're yeah. under the... So I don't know if you've seen this, since you've, you haven't been here. I've got an official podcast studio table set up. I bought from Ikea. I bought a full oh, okay. st- table. So whenever you come back over uh, next time we record in person as opposed to remote... You'll stare right across from me. I've got a monitor. I've got the laptop. We're all set here. It's all pretty right. good. I got rid of the couch downstairs in the basement. That that went upstairs, and because that was really just a place to hold crap. And right. I put a formal table here for a permanent studio because I have two podcasts. Which, by the way, if you want to follow my other podcast at Concourse Pod, a baseball podcast, the Outfield Concourse, uh, I'm recording there, and I'm thinking about doing more shows. So I figured let's have a permanent setup, and that's what I have. Sounds good. Yeah. So, our- so I said. Uh, you know, what are you doing with them? I, you know, I got a bunch of stuff too. So it's not like, you know, I, I look who's talking. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of your stuff is like loose. Although loose yeah. elites are still expensive too. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I've got a few things I'm kind of keeping an eye on, but I don't know. I don't, ha- I, I feel like my collection is kind of, everything's on display. 
which mm-hmm. is one of my big deals is I don't want stuff just to be in bins. So as long as I can keep stuff on display, I'm okay. Once yeah. I start stacking things, I might have to just start making some cuts and all gotcha. that. We'll see. All right. So ECW we'll, we'll, one. We'll have stand. to do a tournament on what stays and what goes. I mean, what's going to go is what's the most valuable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And doesn't have any sentiment out. Like I've got like the, the retro fest, Ric Flair and the retro fest, macho man in package. Yeah. I, I already have a flare signed. I already have a bunch of macho mans. Do I need these? So right. I just sell those or should I wait? Maybe they'll go higher in value. Mm-hmm. This is this is the things I think about when I'm working at home and I look over at my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about the complaint in Schomburg? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's like, All which right, one so am I gonna sell to make some money here? <laughs> EZW one night stand took place in two thousand five, June twelfth, two thousand five, the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York which is at the Manhattan Center. And this all started, if you guys don't know, I'm sure everyone does. WWE released the DVD set of ECW, the rise and fall of ECW DVD. It was incredibly successful. And I remember getting Mm -hmm. it too and being like, this is like an amazing set. Like it's so good. And it was such a cool story because nothing was really held back. And at the time, like shoot interviews and all those things weren't as prevalent as they became and are now. So it was just cool to see an insider story and because of that, the nostalgia was kicking in, even in 2005, and they decided to do a one-night stand, a one-night special reunion of ECW, and Rob Van Dan, the story goes, is that he was the one that convinced McMahon to do it, and Vince agreed with him eventually, and they did this one-night stand pay-per-view. I wasn't watching wrestling at all during this time. This was completely lapsed time for me. I'm mm-hmm. uh, 2004, 2005, I'm in college. And I'm obsessed because the White Sox are in, on a World Series run in 2005. So I have, and I, I have no, I, I don't remember this even this pay per view at all. Were you watching during this time? Do you remember this at all? See, I can't say I was never watching, but there was a time where I was watching maybe just half shows every couple of weeks. So like I, I was still tuning in and and kind of in mm-hmm. to what was going on. Like, if you show a whole roster of wrestlers from 2000 to 2015, I could say I know them. I mean, maybe like 10 or 12, I don't remember. But, I mean, yeah, I was kind of watching, but not really. And and when I heard about the ECW thing, I was thinking, like, this was five years ago. Like, what are these guys have been doing for five years? It's almost like in that time frame of the amount of wrestling that I was watching from year to year. When you're younger, like, a year seems longer. So yeah. when I was younger, I'm like, this is like 15 years ago. This is dumb. Like, that's just what I thought. <laughs> and I wasn't a big ECW guy to begin with because I never knew. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Kind of what watch? channels they were on. It and when be... I did find it, I would kind of watch it. But then, I don't know. It just wasn't really anybody that, like, piqued my interest. Yeah. So you, I, for ECW, for me, we, we can talk about this now because I don't know when we'll do an ECW-specific show in the future. Mm-hmm. But there was a, it was it was the thing to try to find it was cool like if you were on Saturday night or Friday it was like 11 o'clock at night out here on channel 26 or something and yeah so we're in the Chicago land area I'm sure in Philadelphia and closer to that area it was on like you know it was it was more promoted but out here it, really well, it was wasn't. an East was, Coast promotion initially yeah, Eastern Championship right. wrestling or whatever it was called and yeah when we found it it was a thing and I remember if it wasn't too late, and you would call like your friend, like, "Hey, it's on! Like, watch it!" Because we can't text. We're obviously we're in yeah. junior high or something like that, or high school. Wasn't it on at like eleven o'clock? Yeah, like eleven at night. 
And yeah. it was a thing to try to find. I remember it was that and the Howard Stern show on E where you see censored <laughs> boobs or something like that. Right. It, was some, it was something to see. Yeah. And I also remember when I was really first discovering it, I thought it was real. I thought, oh, this is like real wrestling. This is. Yeah, I did too. And I, I was smart on them. I'm curious how many of other listeners out there, when they first discovered ECW, if they thought it was real. Or if they thought it was just fake carny bullshit. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't fake. I mean, I guess you could, but barbed wire and bats and you know chairs and yeah. just headshots on stuff. I'm, I mean, it looked brutal and because it, it was, especially some of these yeah, matches we'll and, talk about here. And tonight. I don't really remember seeing anybody. I mean, it was wrestling, so I wanted to watch it, but then mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really like this because I don't know. It was different from you know my WCW Saturday Night. Yeah, and, and, and the the production was bad. Like it yeah. was just a small arena or a bingo hall as we came to know it as. Mm-hmm. And yeah, record, I, and I also remember VHS uh, camcorder sometime around 97 or 98 is when I started finding it more and more. It was easier to watch. Okay. So I remember we would try to find the ECW merchandise. And I think I've talked about this before. There was a store in our mall called TV land that sold merchandise based off of TV shows. And at mm-hmm. some point in 97 or 98, when wrestling was huge, they started getting wrestling shirts. But it wouldn't be the authentic WWF shop wrestling shirts. It'd be like Austin 316 in a blue font with a giant robot skull on the back or okay. something like that. So <laughs> yeah. as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is garbage. I hate it. But now I'd be like, give it to me. I want that so bad. <laughs> they, they did eventually get some ECW merch. And the t-shirts were like 20 bucks, which is yeah. expensive as hell when you're a kid. And that's like $50 today. Yeah. And they would, they had the Sandman, the blood, sweat and beers, one kind of the Budweiser parody. Uh-huh. They had the ECF and or not FNW, just ECW, the logo. And then they had a Tommy Dreamer one. And I really wanted the Tommy Dreamer one. And my buddy really wanted the Sandman one. So he bought the Sandman one. And I didn't buy it because it was a white shirt and I hated white shirts. I still kind of don't mm-hmm. like white t-shirts. Yeah. But he got it. And I was going to buy the Tommy Dreamer one. But then like in the last second, I decided, no, I'm just going to go buy a CD or something like from Suncoast or, or something right. like that. Or Sam Goody. So I decided not to get it. And I don't regret it. But I do remember it being like, oh, my God. Like we walked into the store, you know, we're killing time after school during the week because both our parents worked. So we got, we were kind of latchkey kids and got to do whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. you know, tr- cruising the mall. Like, oh man, this is amazing. We got these <laughs> ECW things and yeah, it was good stuff. I still have, and eventually JC Penny started getting wrestling shirts. I still have the Stone Cold shirt. That's the half face, half skull type shirt. I still have that one. And that's up in my room. I'm sure that's worth a few bucks these days. But I still got that Stone Cold one. So that's my nostalgia memories from nice. searching for shirts at the mall. So, Yeah, so me, I, I was aware of it because I knew it was on TV. And then I would get those, um, you know, wrestling magazines. I would yeah. see, like, the PWI. different rankings. And, yeah. you know, WWF, WCW, uh, ECW, New Japan, Mid-South, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's where I kind of learned other wrestlers that weren't just in, in the, what, what was on television. Yeah. And... Also, there was that time, it was 97 or 90, probably 97, 98, where ECW was kind of uh, maybe, I don't know, 10 different wrestlers from ECW were coming onto WWF. It's kind of like a little invasion thing. Well, you remember the, yeah, the raw invasion, right? Yeah. So I remember that. And then, you know, there was like a rumor. So I thought I was cool because I was in the magazine. Sure. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I know ECW guys. And there was like a rumor, you know, dirt sheet type rumor back then of, of who's going to sign from ECW, like 
WWF was looking for somebody. So I'm like, I want them to get Sabu because, I don't know, I thought it was cool because I knew Sabu. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Sabu's going, Sabu's going. Like I tell my friends, and it was like, Taz. I'm like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't like that guy. You don't like the human suplex machine. Yeah. No. I understand for sure because I remember the same deal. Flipping through the magazines, I remember there would always be an ad for like videotapes to send away. Yeah. And it would be the picture of Tommy Dreamer on the corner with blood <laughs> on his face, you know, right. like, like big puppy. I'm sure everyone has this in their head, but everybody remembers that. And it was sold as something that was just crazy and insane and nuts. And it was. Yeah. But as I grew out of it and grew older, uh, I didn't have any nostalgia for ECW because it was, like you said, it was hard to find. It was mm-hmm. cool. But we're not East Coast kids, and we're, it's not 90s WWF for us. Which, by the way, I think the next show we're definitely going to go do it. Maybe like SummerSlam 90 or something, or 89. We'll find a cool nostalgia okay. show to do. But this one I wanted to do was fun, because I wanted to watch this pay-per-view, because I haven't seen it in a long time. The One of the first times I got it, or, or watched this pay-per-view, was probably in 2006, when they were doing the ECW one-night stand again, when it, the main mm-hmm. event was Cena versus RBD for the championship because yeah. I just kind of started watching wrestling again because WrestleMania was in Chicago in 2006. So I found out about this, went to Best Buy, picked up this DVD, and I remember the first time I watched it being like, oh, this was a freaking amazing, cool show. And I watched it again today, and I didn't think it was as good as I remembered it. Wow, I'm opposite. But it was a lot of fun. I, I thought it was... I thought it was great. I thought it, and yeah. and I'll tell you why I didn't think it was as good as I remember as we go along. But the ending was fun. The I do remember the Mike Awesome Tanaka match, which we'll talk about. That was something I've seen over and over again. But we'll just get right into the show here. This this took place again in 2005, specifically June 12, 2005, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Show starts off with Joey Styles coming out. Crowd loves him. EC Dub, EC Dub. So it's your classic. The crowd's crazy into it. It's the, it's the tiny Hammerstein ballroom, 2,500 people there. Intimate setting. There's balconies on top of balconies, so the crowd is on top of the ring. I thought that crowd was just awesome. Like, just watching it again, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, it like, kind of that... reminded me of the Double or Nothing crowd last week at AEW. I thought this was way more wild. And, and Joey Styles is in there. You could tell he's holding back. He's about to bust out crying because he's just so, like, happy. I never know? liked Joey Styles. Yeah, that's I don't care if you like him or not, but he's in there. And he, that's okay. his home. That's where he feels like that. That was where he, he he was like on top of the world, right? Okay. And he's just so happy, like he just wants to cry because everybody's like just there again. Mm-hmm. Like if you could transport into like a, a different time that was like your favorite time in the world, like you'd be so happy. WrestleMania seven. <laughs> yeah, see, like you'd be so you'd cry. You're so I'd be like that kid with the Macho Man cosplay. Yeah, cry. I'd be like that woman with the with the, the blue red dress. Face. The blue dress. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, I mean, just the way this starts off, I'm like, man, and this is jo- totally different from how I remembered it. Joey Styles introduces Mick Foley in his Cactus Jack shirt as the special guest commentator along with him, which I thought was kind of cool because for some reason I thought when I was popped this DVD in today. I was like, huh, I wonder if Joey Styles does this show by himself, because that was kind of his thing. Yeah. He did the shows by himself, but adding Foley to this really, really helped the pay-per-view, I think. Yeah, just to go back a little bit, I thought it was awesome where he's just kind of standing there, and and the crowd gets kind of quiet, and he just says, oh, my God, and everybody just starts screaming again. I'm like, man. Like, this is amazing! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, when I watched this, I I watched The Rise and Fall of ECW, then then I rented this one, and... (laughs) 
again, back then, I knew Chris Jericho, I knew Chris Benoit. So to me, they already moved on. They're bigger than ECW. So to see them go back, I'm just looking at them like, oh, they're big, bigger stars compared to these nobodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not nobodies, but it's just like a lower tier of wrestling, in my opinion. But Man, since so much nobodies. time... Nobodies, what a guy you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, I, I wasn't exposed as much to the ECW yeah. guys until they made it, until some guys went to uh, WWF and... Mm-hmm. And looking back on it now, like I totally wiped that from my mind to just know that like Chris Jericho is Lionheart. Um, all these guys are kind of reverting back to their ECW styles and their their nicknames. So I thought all of that was cool. Yeah. So the opening matchup is going to be Lance Storm with Dawn Marie taking on the Lionheart Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. I put this on Twitter. This match freaking rules. It it's did. just awesome. They're going back and forth and move for move and they talk about the story of chris jericho and landstorm being jericho's first match and it's a seven minute match this is part of the reason why i wish this pay-per-view was better because there's so much kind of filler in between the matches especially with like the nostalgia look back segments and yeah jbl's promo later on and all that stuff like this match was seven minutes it could have gone like 15 i wish it was longer it was a great match though i i thought it wrapped up real nice well, yeah, it was fast. The crowd was into it. Now, let me ask you, mm-hmm. when you think ECW, do you think wrestling or do you just think hardcore blood and guts? Uh, back then, I thought hardcore blood and guts. Same. But through the years, I've, I've realized that it wasn't all that. That's kind of been their thing is, oh, we did all this Innovation Lucia style that Eric Bischoff stole from us and, and, and all this. But mm-hmm. I, I get it now. But as a kid, like I would have probably wouldn't have cared for a match like this. Yeah, I would have wanted like, no, where's the cheese grater? Where's the where's the where's the tables? Where's Terry Funk coming out with a flaming pitchfork or whatever? That's yeah. what I want to see. But this where's was all a great the, where's match. all the damn chairs being thrown into the ring? Exactly. I want a great match. If you want a great match, check this one out. And I'm we say this a lot of when we look back on these shows, but go back and watch this one because I'm sure you guys haven't seen it in a long time. Everyone for this show, I think, thinks mainly about the awesome Tanaka match. But mm-hmm. this match, the opener, really stands out as one that I thought was great. It's like an A match. It's very, very yeah. good. I just wish it was a little bit longer. Uh, what do we got here? Next up, we've got an ECW tribute of everyone that died, which I thought was kind of cool that they yeah. did this. Not that everyone died, but <laughs> that it was cool they did it. Uh, yeah, Rock this is kind of where I learned about uh, you know the pit bulls. Yeah. Uh, one so, of those guys dying. We got Rocco Rock, Terry Gordy, Crash Holly, the original Sheik, Mike Lazansky, Pitbull, Big Dick Dudley, and Chris Dan- Chris Candido. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that when they were doing this, it wasn't on the crowd mic as well. Because it's always kind of weird to me when they do these tributes. And like at the Oscars and stuff, they do it too. Like the more famous people get bigger rounds of applause. Like their yeah. life matters. It's just kind of weird to me. But even still, they go back to the crowd. Since Candido was the last, there's a Chris Candido chant. So everyone was pumped to see him. Yeah, See him get his, his tribute. Were you a Candido fan? Body Donnas? Do you remember him at all? No, not really. You just remember Sonny? I remember Sonny. And who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> then we've got the three-way dance with Super Crazy versus Little Guido and versus uh, Tajiri. I thought and this match was awesome. It was good. It was a six-minute match. It was very, very good. I do like how they try to make it a big deal, meaning Joey Styles and Cactus Jack or Mick Foley that – a three-way dance is different than a triple threat because this is uh, one guy leaves, another guy has to stay. It's an elimination match. And I go, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a triangle match. It's not that big. It's not that original, guys. <laughs> like, take it easy here. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. But yeah, 
I think I prefer triple threat style over three-way dance, I think, because there's more... With the elimination? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Anytime there's a three-way match, my dad thinks it's elimination because we watch one where it was elimination. Yeah. So he thinks it's an elimination when we watch it. I'm like, no, 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 that's it's different. He's like, well, how? I'm like, I don't know. It just is. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it to him. Yeah. Do you remember FBI, the full-blooded Italians? I do. And I thought I, they, I thought it was cool that they made a point that WWF called him Nunzio. And he's like, yeah. no, no, this is little Guido. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. This is ECW. <laughs> yeah. He's not Nunzio. This is the first kind of match. Well, it's the second match of the night. But we start getting the craziness. Super crazy does a balcony dive. Yeah. And I love there's a usher kind of watching. She's just this lady going, oh, my God, what is this uh-huh. crap? I'm, I'm working tonight. <laughs> so the wrestlers are going faster. Guys are doing backflips off the balcony. Crowd's crazy into it. We went back-to-back matches where the crowd has not slowed down yet. Granted, so, my, so my opinion on this was super crazy. For some reason, I thought he was like, I, don't know, I say fatter or bigger. Okay. And then he was coming out on lawnmowers. <laughs> I'm like, this guy sucks. But then on this one, I mean, back then I still felt that way. But then watching it back, I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. And I don't know, just everything, my opinion just changed on all these matches over the years. Yeah. It it was good. Uh, Super Crazy gets the win here, which I was mm-hmm. surprised. I figured little Guido would win, but Super Crazy got the win. Yeah. And now we got another Lucha match. Or after, before the next match, there's more kind of ECW memories, which they've done this. They'll do this throughout the show, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense for a reunion show. Right. I, I've got to put myself. Especially if you think it's your only one. Yeah. I've got to put myself in the context of being there at the time, yeah. not knowing there'd be a terrible ECW revival and potentially another pay-per-view the next year, which by the way, I think 2006's One Night Stand is better than 2005's One Night Stand. I have to rewatch those to compare. I don't know if we're going to do those shows. Maybe well, I thought a... so, too, so I'm going to go back and watch 2006 because this we'll, one was pretty good. Maybe we'll do a watch-along or something. Maybe you can come over. We'll <laughs> okay. Can, we'll just Because I've got the setup here. We can watch it and do that. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. Uh, then, like I said, ECW Memories to our next matchup, which is Rey Mysterio versus Psychosis. And Psychosis, no mask. And the crowd's chanting, where's your mask? Where's your mask? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're saying, put your mask on. Oh, put your mask Because he did on. come out in the mask, and he took it off. And for me, Psychosis is, is that mask. I mean, is there any... Mexican wrestler that is better with that what originally had a mask yeah. that took off their mask that was better without the mask. No. Exactly. <laughs> we all you know, Hoovy, Rey Mysterio, but, Psychosis, Super Crazy, yeah. all of them. They need masks all the time. They do. Not because they're ugly. Although they do say that he's <laughs> that they the announcers do indicate <laughs> <laughs> that poor psychosis is ugly. Oh but, man, I don't think he was ugly, but I mean, if you're going to have like a luchador match, match, you got to have the mask for sure. I mean, it just made sense. Yeah, knowing, I don't know, it, it was off. It was. It was still good. It was fun. It was yeah. a good match. And then again, another six minute match. Rey Mysterio. So the whole gets the time win. I'm watching, I'm I'm imagining him in the mask, and to me, that would have made the match better. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it's more like a mystery of you know who is this guy and how is he so great. But then when you kind of see him, you're kind of, I don't know. For me, I was let down that the mask was off. Yeah. So it, imagine it, rewatch it and imagine him in a mask. It'll be okay. like 10 times better. Okay. This so this is, it's not a bad match, but out of the first three, it's the worst one of the night, right? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because it's got Ray yeah. Mysterio in it, who's one of the best wrestlers ever. And he doesn't, he doesn't live up. Only gets six minutes here. And the crowd's kind of anti-Ray a little bit. Like, it's weird. Like, is it because he's on WWE? Is, is that why they're mad at him? I mean, there were other wrestlers around WWE. I mean, yep. Lance Storm, Jericho, 
Mm-hmm. Well, um, he came Nun- out as Nunzio. the Lionheart, so they were like, ooh, yeah. Nunzio. So he came out as his ECW gimmick. Well, he came out as Rey Mysterio Jr. These stupid fans. <laughs> After this match, uh, oh, also the note I have in here, the leg drop that Psychosis does to Ray from, as Ray's laying over the apron, Psychosis yeah. jumps off the ring. It's a guillotine. It is brutal. It brutal. is. Brutal. So that's one spot to watch in this match. If you, don't, if you only watch one part of this match, watch that ridiculous leg drop it's insane and psychosis busted his ass on it too because he's kind of hobbling <laughs> he for, the, for, the, for the rest of, for the rest not, no he is for the rest of the match he's holding his ass <laughs> not not busted his ass as it worked hard as it literally broke his ass yeah. <laughs> right and now after this match i mentioned ray gets the win here uh kurt angle and smackdown show up so jbl's there and you watch this on peacock right yeah did they edit out the chance that the fans were shouting nope they did nope. not. I mean, they they might have they might have lowered it, but you could still hear the "you suck" D and the "f you smackdown." Yes, okay, because I remember on the WWE Network, a lot of these chants were dubbed with just EC dub, EC oh, dub. No, so man. somebody on Peacock, while they're editing out Roddy Piper versus Bad News Brown, missed this one. <laughs> so keep an I mean, eye you out. Would, you would think that they would be editing files that WWE already edited. Oh, well, I don't know how the transfer took place, the master transfer and and all that. Like there's just be weird. Even on the network, there was weird things like there'd be a King of the Ring. Ninety four was the Coliseum video version and like WrestleManias were the pay-per-view version. It's just I'm guessing it's whatever best master they had is what they used to upload. But I'm curious what they're doing with this. I know they're still messing around. They still haven't gotten the clash of the champions up or the Saturday night lights made events up. And those are ones I'm glad I have the actual copies of to watch. Cause mm-hmm. I, sometimes I want some clash and I want some Saturday night's made event. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But yeah. So up until this point, I didn't feel it was necessary. This is just me going back and not remembering this really half, not really remembering it mm-hmm. and just wondering why WWE is there. Like why, what's the point of this? To get like, heat brother. I guess. Yeah, and it's also kind of to remind everyone, this is a WWE show. You can yeah. have your little cute thing, but there is a bit of a payoff at the end, so yeah, that's okay. Is. Yeah, but he, Angle's there, and Kurt, and ironically, Angle ends up going to ECW with a Revival as their <laughs> initial champion. Yeah, he was badass with that uh, mouthpiece that said oh, ECW yeah. on it. Yeah, he was. He was suplex, the original suplex machine. Yeah. I wonder if they made a figure of that guy mm, with the ECW mouthpiece, I'm sh- mouth card. We'll have to look it up. I, I'm sure TNA had one with the mouth guard in it, the Jack's TNA series. We'll check yeah. those out. Then we've got, uh, after this, highlights of the ECW arena, some kind of basically just n- more nostalgia segment stuff. These are cool to watch, I think, in their own, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I like them on the pay-per-view. I would have wanted more match time. That's me being the internet nerd mark. Like, yeah, Meh. but you got to remember this is uh, yeah exactly a one night only. I mean, this might be their only chance to you know really pay tribute to ECW. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's cool. The the video packages are cool. WWE never screws around with video packages, so it's cool right. to see that. Mm-hmm. We go back to the crowd. Angle and JBL cut promos in the crowd. Angle saying, "The one time I was here, I left because it sucked. <laughs> ECW sucked." And JBL, man. I love the part. So JBL's cutting a promo and talking about how great SmackDown is and how much ECW sucks. Yeah. The whole time, the crowd just him, fuck you, JBL, or whatever, F JBL, whatever it is, or F right. you, or sh- at, shut yeah. the F up, all that stuff. JBL doesn't miss a beat. He doesn't acknowledge <laughs> them. He just cuts his promo, doesn't let yeah. him talk, and 
I don't like JBL. Never have. I don't like any of his characters except for maybe the APA. But good on him him here for not like turning into that. Just getting his promo in without yeah. despite them. So and good not on letting JBL. him affect it and throwing him off. No. Uh, next up, RVD comes out and RVD's hurt and he's got Bill Alfonso and mm-hmm. he's got he's cutting the promo on JBL, telling him that he sucks. But he's he's passionate. But let's be real. I, I don't want a passionate RVD. I want a laid back. I don't care RVD. <laughs> See that that was his point, man. He's like, I'm not scripted. You know, I'm not scripted to two words where it's like cool and okay or whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever is what he said. <laughs> the lights go out and he's so. I, so I like this RVD. Well, before that, I have a note that he's it's cool, but he's just kind of rambling. Yeah, I did fast forward a little bit <laughs> after about 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Of See, it. I mean, sure. just get to the point, right? <laughs> he's, he's trying. Maybe he should have rehearsed his promo instead of just yeah. not scripted. That's all right. Rhino comes out, spears him or gores him, whatever you want to call it, takes that knee brace off, beats the hell out of him. Then the lights go out and Sabu's in the ring for a cool visual, a cool moment yeah. and, and tribute to that classic ECW thing where he the lights went out and Taz is in the ring and he's pointing to the sky. The, the zombie right. sailor first debut figure, Sabu. All right. Coming out soon. But this is a match that is exactly what I expect it would be. It's mm-hmm. six minutes. It's them back and forth beating the hell out of each other. It's all the classic spots. It's Sabu with the top rope flip over the top through the tables, all the classic stuff you could imagine. And yeah, he jumps any... off a chair onto the top rope and flies over. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. There's nothing to complain about because no. this is what Sabu does. He's homicidal. Right. He's suicidal. He's genocidal. He's Sabu. <laughs> and yeah, I like watching this. To me, this was yeah. like this is my ECW nostalgia type of match. I want just chaos. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we have Jericho and Storm that can chain wrestle. I'm glad we have the Luchadors, but I want chaos. I'm I could have used a little blood to make this perfect, but other than that, just awesome. You'll, you'll get blood later. Oh, <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> There's some gross blood with our boy Tommy Dreamer coming up near the end. Yeah. Especially- so here, here's here's my thing. Like as I was watching this, I was taking screenshots of different things I thought was awesome. I'm like, holy shit! Now I have like 12 screenshots, and Twitter only does four. Yeah. And I don't want to keep making like a um, a thread. A thread. So I'm like, I got to pick the best four, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I kind of did that. But then I was watching this. It's 2021. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> and I know who Rob Van Dam is over the years. I, I grew to know Rhino and all the different things he's done with WWE, going to TNA, back to WWE, like just all these people, Rey Mysterio. And just looking back, I'm like, these guys are so young. Like, I wish I appreciated them more back then because they're yeah. so much more athletic and younger and just more powerful. You don't like Rhino with uh, Heath Slater, tag team champs? No, I do, I do. Okay. But he's in um oh he's in, he's in a he's he's in a he's in a group in TNA. Uh-huh. Something by design. I don't know how to watch impact, is, but, yeah. But he's with Eric Young and mm-hmm. a couple other guys and it's like, yeah, you know, you were cool about ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Sebu gets the win, which was smart here. I, I kind of figured when I was watching this, like, I think Rhino wins, which would be dumb, but Sabu got the win, mm-hmm. which is great, and this was fun. It was. It's not his, your... his music was awesome. Just like yeah. that Arabian type of sound. And... Yeah, I'm like man, that is Sabu. It is. What do we got here? Oh, the match. Like I said, has all the classic spots. Then we go backstage after this match. Al Snowy's got head with more ECW memories. Another mm. 
thing. It was cool that Al Snow got to be there because he was part of ECW. Remember all the full mannequin heads? Yeah. That was a thing where they threw them all in the ring and yeah. they're shaking them. I remember that. That was very cool. Cool cool visual. Uh, then Eric Bischoff and Raw shows up also to, I guess, talk crap about ECW, which was cool that SmackDown and Raw at this time are rivals, but they both unite to say how much they hate ECW. Right. Very cool. The Raw Crusaders. <laughs> the Raw Crusaders. And then we've got Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. And they put this on there. And I, I got this on my notes. And I was like, okay, this, when I sat down, I figured, okay, this is going to be a great wrestling match. It was just okay. I think it was kind of like a TV match. And it could have been because they only had 10 minutes. And that's this is the second longest match of the show. And it's only 10 minutes. All these are quick matches. Yeah. And I think it could have been longer. And it's not bad at all. But and also this is just a personal thing. I still not am, I don't literally like watching Benoit matches now. But mm-hmm. it's still especially oh god, there's something at the end I want to talk about with Benoit too. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was good. Uh, it was cool seeing Eddie. Eddie bleeds and post match JBL stands up clapping for Benoit because he wins, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. He's like, You're SmackDown, you're SmackDown or whatever. <laughs> right. You idiot. But what do you think of this one? I thought it was a decent match. I, I thought it was going to be better, but uh, right. yeah, I mean, it fit right in. And I mean, Benoit Guerrero, you know, were plucked by WCW mm-hmm. from ECW. So I thought it was kind of cool to go back. I I don't remember if that was his name, like the Crippler. I guess it was mm, when he was in either. ECW. You don't remember. But I mean, there's, I forgot who said it on the commentary, but it was kind of like in looking back, it was in bad taste. <laughs> like it didn't age well yeah. where he's, he's up on the top rope and, you know, wants to do the diving head button. He gets it, and somebody's like, "He, he's gonna kill him." I'm like, "No!" <laughs> oh no, that's that's later for Austin when they when they beat up Bischoff at the end of the show. Oh we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. So it was good, but I think going into it, knowing the caliber of wrestlers these guys mm-hmm. have are and matches they've had, you're thinking, "Oh, this is gonna be a classic, underrated." But I feel like if it was, it'd be talked a lot about a lot more. Yeah. And this one's not really talked about a lot, although. Jericho, Lance Storm's not talked about a lot, and that match kicked ass, too. It did. We've got, this is a funny little segment. Uh, I think the guy with the neck brace and, like, the jacket open Gertner, I think his name was. That was Joel his name? Gert- Joel Gertner. Yeah, Joel Gertner. He first tried to get a job with SmackDown, and they kicked him out. <clears throat> but that segment wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah. This one, he's trying to kiss Bischoff's ass. It's hilarious because after Bischoff berates him, he says, give me my beer back. And he takes his beer and throws it at him. <laughs> He wants his beer just so he could throw it on him, which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. It was I don't know. I laughed. It was like my first laugh out loud moment of the entire show. I rewound it, watched it twice. <laughs> I thought Eric Bischoff was amazing. He was awesome. Like, we love he was Eric such Bischoff. a shitty heel, and I mean, even now, like I, I like his podcast and, and you know talking to him. Mm-hmm. And Starcast was fun, so big oh, thumbs man. up to. We want to share our story, our Starcast story we were laughing about when we were watching Double or Nothing. <laughs> I mean, we probably told it before. That's okay. There's new listeners, potentially. All right. So, StarCast a couple years ago, this was the first, it was the first StarCast. Yeah. And the advertisement for the Eric Bischoff meet and greet says, get your picture with Eric Bischoff in front of the Nitro set. And you're thinking, or the announce table. Okay, sweet. So, we get into this room. And and you you asked me, you're like, are you sure you don't want to go? I'm like, no, not really. But it's on the Nitro set. I'm like, okay, I'll buy it. Yeah. (laughs) So, I bought it. But it was also like cheap. It was like 20 bucks. It was like a flash sale. So, you get an autograph and a photo. And then, you know, you got him to sign your your karate boot from Star K97 (laughs) where where the plate went flying out of his boot. Mm -hmm. But, so, we come into the room and 
for those who haven't been to StarCast before, it's kind of weird because you wait in line to get into a specific room, and then from there you go to meet your person. It's not just kind of like a free-for-all. So it's somewhat yeah. organized, but somewhat kind of chaotic. So we go in there, and Bischoff's just off in a corner. Well, from the distance, we see the nitro set. We're yeah. Like, oh, we're going to get in that line, because we see the nitro set in the distance. We're like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. But then we see Bischoff like over in a corner. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the line. So the, the, <laughs> With a table and a cinder block wall. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like off in the shadows, like it wasn't very well lit. Yeah. You know, because every other area, because he was in the corner. Yeah. But every other area had little spotlights from the um, from the ceiling on the different areas for yeah. better pictures. And so we get in line and I'm like, I'm like, why is, uh, I'm like, what happened to your set? And he's to like, Bischoff. oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, to Bischoff. We got in line. I, I talked to him. I said, what's going on with your nitro set? That <laughs> You were supposed to be there. Then he said, oh, well, Dave Meltzer and what's, what's that? Brian other Alvarez. Brian Alvarez got here first. That's where they sat. I'm like, well, why don't you go get, why don't you go move them out? They're, they're, they're not, they have nothing to do with nitro. He's like, oh, well, I'll talk to him later. Yeah, so freaking over in the corner, Meltzer and Alvarez have a long line, and they're smiling and laughing for this Nitro set, and poor yeah. Bischoff's in the corner with a table. In fairness to Bischoff, he was super nice and talked to us and, like, he big was. smile for the signed the autographs and all that stuff. So, But poor Bischoff, we were just laughing. Like, you imagine him showing up. Okay, let's go. Yeah, you're over there, Eric. Oh, man. He's like, but, but, but I'm on the Nitro. Uh, it couldn't I have mean, made I mean, more- Less sense for Belter and Brian Alvarez no, to be in the Nitro and set. There's nobody you. There's like no manager that you can go to say, "Hey, you know, I'm supposed to be there," or even approach the guy and say, well, "Hey, the, I'm supposed to be here." The first Starcast was so chaotic; no one knew where anything was. Even our favorite is JJ Dillon. <laughs> We're walking yeah. through this mass crowd of people. JJ Dillon's got his <laughs> his pull his rolling suitcase. He's looking for his spot to go. And side the suitcase is so old; it looks like he's been carrying around since the seventies. Trying to take picture, pictures and autographs with the Horseman photo op, whatever he was doing. And he's got uh-huh. like a little sheet. He's like looking, <laughs> and people are kind of like pushing past him, like he's nobody. And he's trying to ask people, you know where this is? They're like, no. You and you say, get the hell out of the way. I gotta go. Be, <laughs> I gotta go be Cody's dog. <laughs> get away. <laughs> But him looking at that sheet is so relatable because we got there and they, yeah. whatever the names were, like, oh, the box of gimmicks room. But then yeah. it turned into like the green room or, right. or the purple room. It's like nothing made sense when you got there. So I totally understood J.J. Dillon was lost because he didn't he didn't but know he, that the room room names changed. He had no one to, like you said, there's nobody to call. No, and nobody's there to help. So you're just on your own. And he's just trying to ask some nice innocent fans, you know, where this is at. And, yeah. They're pushing around him because it's all nuts to butts in there. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's just stuck in the pile. He's got his suitcase behind him. And, oh, my God. Starcast, I'm, I'm sad it's not coming back this year, but I can't wait till it does. And, and the I, best part is, like, I knew he was on the complete opposite end of the building. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't tell him. You're like, we got to go meet Cody's dog. We don't got time for you, JJ. <laughs> but if you think of, like, a big, huge, like, like a hotel or yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's a hotel. Yeah, it was. But you're like on the east end and everything that you want is on the west end. <laughs> what a good time. It Maybe was. one day we'll get drunk and just do the StarCast memory show. <laughs> we'll just tell of... all the same stories. <laughs> how we, how I don't we, care. Uh, I'll laugh. Saw we'll beer. Have... Well, saw I'll beer. laugh. Yeah. Saw uh, Bischoff. And I, just imagining the way he was strutting. I'm back. With his, and I'm better than ever. his bedazzled boot cut jeans. Yeah. And that was yeah. the coolest part of the first Starcast is 
the guys, there was no like green room or there was, but it wasn't what you think it would be. And guys were just walking around, going to the bar, like just mingling with the crowd. Like there was no separation between the talent and the fans. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Cause it, it's just like, they're just walking amongst you. So it's An like animal awesome. taking a piss in the urinal with full gimmick paint and everything. <laughs> 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 Got to wait in line. Can't even get a bathroom for these guys. <laughs> Come on. No <laughs> private bathroom. And I walked up to Noel Foley and she's standing, I'm just talking to her. Hey, how you doing? This, this, and that. We're having like a normal conversation. And she's like, where do I know you from? I'm like, we don't. I'm, I'm just like a wrestling fan. She's like, oh, I thought I knew you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I could have like, hey, what's your number again? And then I could have got her number. Oh, yeah. You know, just to like, hey, I got Noel Foley's number. Or her sign this 8 by 10 <laughs> But it's not a picture of her. It's a picture of her dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, where were we after we went off that StarCast? We were rant? on uh, Joel Gertner and Eric Bischoff. And yes. The beer, th- beer thrown on Gertner's yes. crotch. And we, and we love Eric Bischoff. Nice guy, yeah. that Eric Bischoff. I like him on Dark Side of the Ring. I like him like he's on his podcast. Mm-hmm. I like him here. This whole show is as, as a heel, as a guy you love to hate. So big, big thumbs up to Eric Bischoff. Uh, next up, we've got probably the most famous match from the show, Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. And this match is just 10 minutes of chair shots and tables. It's just beating the hell out of each other. And the crowd, like, as big catch would their say, breath. Just, just man meat on man meat, just slapping and beating the shit out of each other. And they like like the crowd. Like I said, there's not a moment to breathe during this mm-hmm. match. It's oh oh oh, and those chair shots to the head yeah. were making me cringe. <laughs> like knowing that we know now, I mean, we should have known then. Chair to the head, bad. But right. good goodness gracious, it was bad. Did you? It was it was brutal. And and the end. Are we getting to the end of it? Go yet, ahead. Go, just go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So they, uh, oh, uh, Mike Awesome already puts Tanaka through a table. So the table's already busted. Mm-hmm. And then like two minutes later, he picks up, power bombs him off the top rope, like just slams him right into the busted table where like the the uh, the trim, I don't know, that plastic or metal yeah. trim around a table, it's busted. It's like it's all hanging there. I'm like, God, this is so unsafe. <laughs> Gotta do it but for it was the, a good match. Pop. Do it yeah. for the pop. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember this being the most brutal match of the show. But of course, the main event coming up is, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. I think I must have seen this match like 10 times. I don't know. This was just one you would always put on. Like, you would show people, like, oh, you got to see how crazy this match is. Like, this wrestling fans. Yeah. Now, with stuff like Game Changer Wrestling and Nick Gage that we just saw in Dark Side of the Ring and stuff, this is nothing compared to what no. comes up now. But at no. the time, it was insane. And even now, the chair shots of the head are still pretty insane. It's... It's okay to watch still again. I'd say just for the crowd reactions is probably my favorite part of this match. Oh. (sighs) And then after this, Paul Heyman comes out to thank everybody. He says, I'm not crying. I was smoking and joining with RVD in the back. That's why my eyes are red. He was crying. Yeah. And then he does a shoot promo on everybody. And I remember this being better than it was, again, at the time. Now we know everything. We know kind of the deal with Paul Heyman and his promo style and all that stuff, but first off, he tells, <laughs> Edge, I got two words for you. Matt freaking Hardy. And everyone's like, wait, that's three words. That's three words. Edge does the I like Edge's reaction. He's take. counting on his hands. He's like, one, two, three, and he's like, makes some stupid, goofy face. Like, oh, oh, well. Yeah, but the beginning co- of this, like, he comes, uh, Paul Heyman comes out, and, like, he's just got this big-ass F.U. swagger and his big leather jacket and his, his baseball yeah. hat with the ponytail coming out the back. Mm-hmm. Like, he is, like, the effing man. Yeah. And you're in my effing house. 
you know, screw you. This is everybody against you. And he's like, you want to shoot? Oh, we'll shoot. Like, mm-hmm. And that's when I thought it was cool. But, you know, since then, I mean, there's just so much shoot stuff. It's mm-hmm. exactly. It's do- time, it doesn't make it look, it doesn't feel as cool now. Yeah. At the time it was awesome. When he tells JBL the only one he, reason he was champion for years because Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesday. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Sick burn by, uh, by Paul yeah. Heyman. And it was cool. It was fun to watch. And it made sense that he got to be there for this. Mm-hmm. And it would have felt incomplete, I'd say, yeah. without Paul Heyman showing up. Paulie dangerously. It'd be, it'd be a little off. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Then we got our main event. It's the Dudley Boys and Tom Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. But before the match starts, a whole bunch of crap goes on. First, the BWO comes out. Mm-hmm. The, were the Blue World Order with the Blue Meanie and Stephen Richards and who's the other guy in the BWO? What was his name? You, you um, Nova. Yeah, yeah, the BWO. Yeah, he's like he's like the Macho Man. Yeah, I loved the BWO when I was a kid. The I Blue did Meanie. Too. I thought they Blue were hilarious. With his, uh, you know, his so, belly shake. <laughs> yeah, it was so goofy. And then after that, balls are balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten come out to beat up the BWO to start the match. Yeah. And then they do, after like 10 minutes, the match finally gets started. The match, this match itself is only 10 minutes, but it goes on for like 30 with all the stuff that happens with it. This is the match that is like, okay, this is the blood. This is the disgusting. This is mm-hmm. ECW. This is what I want. We've got a cheese grater. Tommy Dreamer's covered in blood. Bubba Ray's bleeding. Sandman's bleeding. Everybody's bleeding. Yeah. Then there's some brutal chair shots to the head throughout this match. I thought the awesome Tanaka match had chair shots. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's that's brutal. And if you're not into this kind of style of wrestling, I would advise why, against watching this. However, there's some cool, like, nostalgic sentimental moments, I would say, when this this match comes out. Yeah, for me, it was it was the beginning, the entrances. Like, Bubba yeah. and Devon coming out in their tie-dye shirts. I'm like, all right, that's, that's ECW. Because, yeah. I mean, I did know enough about ECW from pictures and stuff like that, not so much watching it. It's just more from the magazines. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Dreamer, I wasn't too familiar with him at the time, but obviously over time you get to know him. The Sandman, um, I knew he came out to enter Sandman, so this different uh, version of music that he comes out to is still kind of like Sandman, but there's no singing along. There's I mean, no, it was the best they could do, right? Yeah, there's no exit light and uh, none of that, but it's still fun. He comes out, he sm- drinks beers, he's spitting, he's smashing beer cans, and I love the beginning. <laughs> like before the match starts, you got Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. They got the beers and they're pulling girls' hairs back and pouring it on their chest. Oh yeah, and I'm like, man, that <laughs> you I don't know if you can do that now. Be- yeah, yeah but, but it was awesome, and you know the girls liked it. They liked it. I'm like, man, this is like just raunchy ECW. <laughs> Not that it's raunchy. It's just I, I don't know. I don't know what other word to put out there. Like, yeah, over the top. Sure. And then we've got just incredible Lance Storm come out with the barbed wire. They do some pile drivers onto the barbed wire to make it a little more brutal to get some more blood. Yeah. Then my favorite part of the match is when Francine comes out. And uh-huh. starts kicking, you know, Tommy Dreamer in the balls, and she's there, and all of a sudden there's a big pop for Beulah McGillicuddy, and I remember that feud where she comes out and start, beats the hell out of Francine, and mm-hmm. then they do like a, a double DDT, but before that, so Tommy Dreamer's covered in blood, like his face is, yeah. it's not bleeding a little, it's like soaked in blood, and he looks at Beulah, and they're like, oh, they're going to have a big hug. I'm like, please do not kiss her right now. Luckily, he doesn't, but he hugs no, her. No, but when she pulled away, you could see like oh. that thick blood in her hair yeah, as she like, pulls back. Oh, my God. That's so gross. But <laughs> it smells like iron and rust and all that. Ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. That, that made me cringe. But, and then Spike Dudley comes out. This match reminds me of a lot of indie matches now, main events, where they want just chaos and like everyone to come out. Yeah. You could see where the ECW influence has given people and like how innovative they were for their time. So I'm glad, and this is still, this is what, four years after they went out of business. Mm-hmm. And it's cool that you get to see this and see it keep going forward with like independent wrestling matches and things like that. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And even some AEW has some ECW portions, I'd say too, in some of their matches. Yeah, I think every promotion has ECW stuff. Yeah. It's very, it's very, very cool. And the Dudley boys end up winning with the RV, with the RVD, with the 3D. Yeah. It, I was kind of worried. Through a, through a flaming table. Oh, that's right. How did I forget the flaming table? So they're soaking this table with lighter fluid. And the uh-huh. flaming table spot, you're always thinking, oh, it's like fake fire or they have something on it. No. He goes through it and it goes out right away, but it's still like, what are we doing? Yeah. What, what? So here's the thing. I always thought they didn't get hurt because of that, but then yeah. we were, I was watching that Nick Gage thing. And yeah. Even though Nick Gage went through a flaming table, mm-hmm. it went right out, but his his skin was still burning and it was sizzling and it was turning like peeling. Yeah. And like, Nick, even if you're just exposed for, like, half a second or even and, one second, like, it, it it's, it's, it's I don't know, third-degree burn? Yeah, and then Mick Fuller talked about it, too, how he went home and his wife's like, something's burning. He's like, oh, that's my arm. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing with these? Can we – no more flaming tables? Yeah, right. I, so I, I don't want to so, go to a Game Changer Wrestling show because I'm worried there's going to be a flaming table spot. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this – up to this point, I'm watching this, and then I'm kind of looking back and thinking, like – I thought, I don't know if these matches would have been as great if it was ECW. It, they could have been. But my thought was some of the matches looked a lot more polished mm-hmm. with the training that they've gotten. People from ECW that went out to WCW to WWE. Yeah. It looked more polished. And then and, you could kind of see the garbage in the in the guys that didn't mm-hmm. get called up. Like say, uh, Sandman was hack, but I mean, he's always, he's always been kind of a big beer belly. That's, that's his deal. Slob, but yeah, you know, he's, he's just a uh, brawler. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. But other guys like Axel Rotten and the other ones, I don't know. Some of the ones just didn't look as, I don't know, as polished, I guess. For sure. Yeah, it was, I totally get what you're saying with that. And also the production, even though this is the ECW yeah, reunion, it's yeah. a WWE produced show. It's from the camera angles to the style it's mm-hmm. straight up WWE, which is a good thing for for wanting it. And you lose some of the charm of the ECW original stuff. But for me, as a kid that grew up watching WWF and polished wrestling and not being around the smoky one camera or the studio style wrestling, mm-hmm. this was good. This is what I yeah. wanted to see. No, I, I had that on in my notes too. Like the production of it was just impeccable. Like it, it was just a great man, great show. Mm-hmm. And then post match, uh, Stone Cold comes out in a faded XFL jersey. <laughs> like he loved because those XFL. You want to know why? Because Sandman's like, I need a bear. I need a bear. Right, and that's fine. But why was Stone Cold wearing the XFL jersey? He didn't give a shit. He was ECW. They even said that he, he was. Care. He was. <laughs> However, this whole show is ECW. Let's remember ECW. Who's the know. last guy we see on TV? It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is just a reminder from Vince. I know you guys think, you know, you're mis- <laughs> you've got it, but I'm Vince McMahon. This is my show. We're ending we'll take it with control my at the end to, to bring it home. <laughs> exactly. After the chaos that was. And what's cool yeah. at, at I thought, thought it'd was, be cool if he came out in his uh his Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah. mock, mock outfit. Steve Mania or whatever. Yeah. 
I thought it was cool that they had all these W guys who were there from the show come out throughout the night, get in the ring. And obviously it was to set up this big brawl between Raw and SmackDown and ECW at the end, which was cool. It's kind of chaos. I liked at the end when Raw and SmackDown come in the ring and there's this big brouhaha. Sandman's in the corner on the top rope just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to even fight in this match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I was surprised to see Roadkill come out and a couple other guys. I'm like, why weren't they on the match? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were in a dark match or something. But yeah. Um, Bischoff I mean, ends up at the announce table with Mick Foley, and they go after him. They pull Bischoff back to the ring. So Bischoff is the one that gets his ass kicked at the end of the show, yeah. when really it should have been JBL, because he was the one talking the most crap about ECW. Mm-hmm. Granted, he's still a wrestler, so you don't want to bury him too much, or is Bischoff just the announcer? But Bischoff comes in, he gets a 3D, he gets a flying headbutt from Chris Benoit, where Stone Cold says, kill that SOB. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Goal. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't age well. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> was that not edited off Peacock? <laughs> no, it was on there. Oh, man. So I so I liked when they had the, the face-off. Like, they got ECW on one yeah. side, um, Raw and SmackDown on the other side. And I remember Kurt Angle asking, are mm-hmm. you going to be there for our crusade? And I remember he asked Taz, and Taz said no. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was awesome when, you know, they're on the both side, then then Taz's music hits, and he comes out. And, you know, you got the, I mean, he was a little bigger than he was in ECW, but he got the human suplex machine going against mm-hmm. the Olympic suplex machine, and I thought that was cool. Kurt and Angle was other, Taz's first match in WWF. Oh, really? Yeah, on the All Royal right. Rumble 2000 pay-per-view. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I forgot about that. Yeah. Is there anything else besides that? The crazy big brawl at the end, and then Bischoff also gets a 619, and then he gets, a, and then after the 619, Austin asks him, if anything to say about the show tonight? He's, F-E-C-W! <laughs> so then he gets a, some beer and a stunner. Crowd goes off the air. Everyone's yeah. happy. Real feel-good moment. Again, I think it should have been JBL, and I think ECW should have beat up Bischoff, not necessarily Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, so... It, the ECW crowd, I mean, they paid their ticket to see ECW, but they were so behind Austin, too, because he still had oh, that, yeah. like, ECW irreverent FU attitude, and they're like, yeah, we like you too, buddy. You're okay with us, with yeah. this ECW fan. This would have been a hell of a show to attend live, I think, especially yeah, not knowing if it was ever going to happen again. Mm-hmm. This big reunion show in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, it was very cool, and I think the atmosphere alone will bump this show up for me to for rewatchability for people and if you haven't seen it in a while i would recommend watching it again but try to go in because i didn't do this try to go in with your watching it in the time frame it was made in which is tough to do but try to do that especially with some of the shoot interview stuff and some of the brutal chair shots and all those things and try to be there but it's very good. It's a very and, good show. And, and if you miss chair shots to the head and you think, you know, people are sissies for not taking it, you know, watch this too. <laughs> You'll be like, oh, I was wrong. They're definitely <laughs> not. Let's 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 keep those gone in the past. Especially where the point of wrestling is not to hurt somebody. Yeah. It's to appear you're hurting somebody. What would you give this show? What's your letter grade? ECW. You know what? I, I'd really add this to like a rewatch list. Because okay. I thought all the matches were good. Uh, there were some down moments, you know, leading up to the main event. I'm I was thinking like you know, of all the stars that ECW made, why is or why are the Dudleys going against the Sandman and Dreamer? Like, I didn't think that was main event caliber. Mm-hmm. But then with all the brouhaha and all that stuff, like you mentioned earlier, it's like it just it was total ECW. <laughs> yeah, and RVD was hurt, so he couldn't wrestle on this show. Yeah, but he did main event the next year and won the ta- won the championship. Yeah, it was. 
So what's your letter grade? What are you going to give it? Ah, you know what? I'd probably just give it like a, a solid A. Solid A. I'm going to give it a B plus. Solid B plus. Not going to quite bump it up just because I don't think the matches are long enough for me. Yeah, they're, just... they're perfect for me. I don't I don't like anything. <laughs> I, I like a good, not a quick match, but a lot of stuff where the match like seems to have a flow. Once it goes past like 10, 15 minutes, it's almost like I get lost and bored with it. And okay. then I try to find myself trying to get back into it. So I don't like to lose interest in a match. Well, so if it's it seven minutes or 12 minutes or whatever, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I guess it depends on the match too. You know, we had, what was it? The, the double or nothing pay-per-view. Some of those matches were longer, but they were good. So it depends on the match, I think, too. Okay. Type of match. So B plus and an A, which basically means go ahead and rewatch the show if you haven't watched it in a while, <laughs> especially on Peacock because it's only a matter of time before they discover all this stuff and just pull it straight from the, straight from the platform. Uh, I do recommend if you can pick up the DVD as well because it's going to be completely unedited and those chants are not going to be muted out. You'll be able to hear everything. Pick up the ECW One Night Stand DVD as well. It's cool, a little nostalgia piece to have and it's i think it's a pretty significant event i would say historically yeah it is so and I, I was saying about the main event being what it was like had i known it was going to end the way it did then it would have made sense so i guess mm-hmm. looking and back on it like it made sense that that dudley's and tommy and all the other guys coming in and yeah all that stuff like just made sense because now you have them all out there and it's like come on wwe let's do this let's go Go watch the show. For, for two guys that are not nostalgic for ECW, I think we really enjoyed it. And we did. So if you're if you're nostalgic for WCW or ECW, you'll probably really love it. And if you're not, you'll still like it too. So I'd say go ahead and watch it. What if they hate it because it's not ECW? <laughs> That's a good point. I'm curious. So let us know on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Let us know what you thought of this show and what does you the, thought of our does show. The, does the polished training and the uh, immaculate uh, production like take away from their ECW mm-hmm. nostalgia? I, I, can, like, I can see that potentially being an issue for people. That's a good point. So let us know on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Also, I want you to, as always, check out some of our podcast buddies and their shows because it's important to support independent podcasters that are out there making shows every week or every other week whenever they're making them. These are some shows that I listen to. They're friends of ours, and I really want everyone to check them out. Check out the Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. If you like our show, you will love their show. They're at OVP Podcast, always posting awesome stuff on Twitter, always posting awesome shows. They have a Patreon as well, where they review every WWF pay-per-view starting from WrestleMania 1 on forward. Go check them out at OVP Podcast. Check out our friends Eric and Barry at the Doing the Favor Podcast. They do a couple shows a week, one on sports, one on wrestling. Uh, our friend, I forgot to mention him a couple weeks ago, Lee from the Raw is Nitro Podcast does a show up there in Australia looking back at WWF and WCW pay-per-views, kind of comparing them, see which one did it better. Uh, then we've got our friends Scott and Jeff at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. They just did an awesome show last week with Marty DeRosa from the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling Podcast. Also, he is a comedian out here in Chicago, and they do an awesome show as well. So check them out. Check out the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. This past week for them was all about nostalgia with Marty talking about their fig feds and talking about customizing figures and finding the wrestling figure and what a feeling that was as a kid. So go check them out as well. Who else am I forgetting here? I should write these down so I don't forget them every week. Uh, the Daniel Spencer and Friends of the Ringside Podcast. Uh, Daniel, the Impact Wrestling Referee, OV, Ohio Valley Wrestling Referee. They do a show every week out there. And then check out our friend, uh, the Breaker and Bane Power Hour. They also do a back to, uh, not back to Nintendo, the You Know It's Fake, right, is Breaker Side Project. 
and one more, check out our friends Justin Summers and the Wrestling Cheers podcast. They do a kind of Ohio wrestling-based show, interview-based show. So if you like interviews with wrestlers, that's the show to check out. And there's lots of other stuff to plug, but I think the six or seven we mentioned, solid. That'll, that'll get you through the week with some wrestling stuff out there. Yeah, there you go. Get you through the month. Hells yeah. <laughs> and I think coming up, we will do another Nostalgia-era show for us. I'm going to look back and see which, which SummerSlam we haven't done yet. Maybe 89, maybe 90. 89. 89 we haven't done? I don't think so. Okay. We will check that one out. Hogan and Zeus, or Hogan versus, Hogan and Zeus, Hogan and Beefcake, Beefcake Barber versus the Macho King Randy Savage. Uh, and we might Zeus. have watched that one. We might have watched. <laughs> I'm going to look I mean, back I, at I, I remember watching it, you know, okay. the past couple of years. But maybe that just might have been on my own time. Yeah. We'll check it out. I'm sure there's a show we haven't done yet. We will definitely check it out. Maybe we'll just read, look at SummerSlam 92 and have Eric tell a story about how he crushed a kid's head again. Who knows? <laughs> Always fun stuff here on the PPW podcast. Or if there's a show that you guys want us to do that we haven't done yet, it could be anything. Let me know. Uh, PPW podcast on Twitter. You can follow us there. Also, one more thing. If you want to share the show with a friend, maybe you know someone who likes retro wrestling, let them know to find our show for free each and every other random week we do a show. I can't say I teach it every week, but we've got <laughs> we've got shows out there for you, and we will do another one coming up soon. Uh, it's almost time. It's an afternoon show today on Thursday. It's kind of weird, but almost I'm ready to go to bed, but I got to go pick my daughter up from school, her last week of school. I told her about when I was a kid how, like, the last week of school was, like, the best time because you didn't do anything. It was all games. You had somewhere to look forward to. You didn't even show. You just showed up to class and was like, "Yeah, do whatever you want." You maybe like, well, why did I, why did I come here? <laughs> maybe came with a folder, not even a backpack. You know, yeah. came with nothing. Yeah. But do you remember that the that good feeling? Old days. The last the week of school days. feeling. Remember that? I didn't even bring a pencil. <laughs> Man, you were a badass. I was. I did you ever have to go to summer school or anything like that? No, me why neither. Why you ask me that? I don't know. I almost you didn't did. show up to class with pencils. I almost did. I think my eighth grade, like I thought, like I was going to go, to, like not go to summer school, but. They yeah. wanted me, because I was horrible at math, and I think, I don't know what eighth grade math was, but it was like I needed to pass, I had about like a C, but mm-hmm. I needed to pass it to graduate eighth grade, so I was nervous about it, but yeah. And then, I, I, had, I had gotten an F in something in eighth grade, and I, I was scared that I wasn't going to go to freshman year, like to ninth grade, mm-hmm. and the whole time I'm just waiting for a letter like, oh, your son needs to, you know, do something to, to finish his eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. You know, curriculum and nothing ever came. And then I got registered for, for high school. I'm like, Oh, okay. What did you fail? I don't, I don't maybe, um, art. <laughs> no, it wasn't art. It was some sort of English, like, okay, like reading, reading type of class. I mean, it's not that I couldn't read. It's just, I didn't, mm-hmm. I hated reading books. Kid can't even read. <laughs> but then I remember in a history class, it was probably, no, it was my senior year history. And I, I thought for sure I got an F. Cause I just didn't do anything mm-hmm. like I got bad, gra- <laughs> I got bad grades on stuff. And not that I didn't care. I did just enough to pass because yeah. like at that time, like school sucked and that was my attitude. Other people's like, Oh, I loved high school, but I don't know. I just had more fun outside high school. So I, the teacher was going around with his uh, grading book and he was showing each person with a piece of paper covering oh. everybody else. Oh my God. I remember that. Oh my God. I remember just, that. That's just terrible to see, anxiety. Just to, show, just to show you the grade that you got and yeah. if you passed or not. So other people were confident, like, oh, they got A's, they got B's, they got A's, B's. And I'm like, I'm going to get an F, and I'm going to piss my parents off. You're going like, to see that in 53% or whatever. I am. So when he, like, these coming up my row, so I'm like, 
maybe the fifth row in in the in the uh, desk chair chair desk whatever. And so the person in front of me, I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, and I'm thinking of all this stuff. I'm like, how am I going to explain this? Because <laughs> I'm not stupid. Like, and so he comes up and he shows me it's a D. I'm like, what? I'm like, he passed me with a D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> See you, losers. All, all my worries went away. Do you ever have that dream every once in a while where you're back in school and you yeah. didn't go to class all year and you got like something to do? You're like, oh my god! And you wake up, you're like, oh, that's the best feeling in the world. Don't have to worry about that. Yeah. No, I I have dreams where like, say I'm in college and I registered for five classes, and sometimes I wouldn't go to one class. Exactly. For yeah. I I'd, I'd go to one class like every three weeks just because it was it was more of a blow off. Yeah. But you could still have the information to mm-hmm. do your homework, like on the syllabus, like I would just do my homework and turn it in like at the due dates, but I didn't have to show up all the time. Mm-hmm. So I have this dream where I get to the end of my semester. I'm like, Oh crap. I forgot about that class that I never took and I failed it. But it, I don't know why I had that dream. Everybody has, I don't know what it is. Everyone has that. Oh, like, okay. The dream. So <laughs> anyway, I, we kind of went off the rails there, but I want to thank everyone for listening, Eric, but we, but we would get a pluses if it was a wrestling course. Oh, 100%. This is a wrestling course in nostalgia. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Eric, thanks for coming on and chatting it up like you do each and every time. You got it. Everyone, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.